0: Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series "Jesus in the Gospel of Luke" and was preached on July seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two. Are you a believer in Jesus? Now, now, now we've been reading the story of Jesus as told by Luke because I really want you to know. All there is to know, as much as you can, possibly, about Jesus. All of the Bible is important, of course, but the heart of the Bible is the gospel and the story of Jesus. And I want you to know who he is. I want you to believe in him, and I want you to follow him. And so I'm asking you, again, to make sure, are you a believer in Jesus? Now, now don't be offended, because I'm going to ask that question many times. I'm not asking you if you are a church attender. I'm not asking you if you are a church member. I'm not asking you if you've made a confession of faith in Jesus. I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. I'm not asking you if you have accepted a church leadership or service position. I'm asking you honestly if you are a believer in And a follower of Jesus. Is there more to your faith than words? Has your faith led to real life changes? Do you regularly, consistently participate in acts of faith? Do you, on a regular basis, make bold statements about who Jesus is? Do others look at you and see a similarity to you and Jesus in your actions and your attitudes? Is it your faith in Jesus and not any other philosophy or platform that guides who you are, how you think, and how you act? Do you constantly seek the word and the way and the will of Jesus? Do you so believe in Jesus that you Constantly ask for his help, his answers, his guidance, and his truth because you know he is sufficient and you are not. So, are you a believer in Jesus? Now, in today's passage, we're going to look at two believers. They weren't yet full disciples, understand, because they knew very, very little. They knew the Old Testament. And they believed in God, and they had heard that Jesus was from God. But they didn't know things that you and I know. They didn't know of the cross and the resurrection because these things had not happened yet. They didn't have the New Testament because it had not yet been written. But they heard of Jesus. They knew He was coming to their town. They believed that He was the answer for their issues, and then they acted on that faith. Their faith was not a passive, yes, I'm a believer. It was very active. I believe, and therefore, I will act on that faith. And as a result, both saw incredible healings and got to see God at work firsthand in their lives. One was a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader. Another was an unbeliever named woman who had been sick for 12 years and I want you to think about these stories they're intertwined so let's stand and read these stories and then we will talk about their faith it's found in Luke chapter 8 verses 40 through 56 two incredible stories and this is how it reads now when Jesus returned a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him, and a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her, she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped." Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished. But he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened you may be seated obviously this is an incredible story to incredible miracles to healings to people of faith who asked for Jesus's help and got it so let me make sure that you understand the story the facts of the story before we learn some lessons about faith from it jesus had been on a teaching journey teaching and healing in other places And he came back to Capernaum, which was more or less his center of activity. And Jairus, synagogue leader, knowing he was coming back, met him and said, Please, Jesus, he pleaded, come to my house. My daughter is dying. And on the way, people, so happy to see Jesus back, just kind of crowded around him. Almost no space. They were in a huge crowd. One was a woman who had been sick with a bleeding issue, a female issue, for 12 years. And she purposely reached out and touched Jesus, believing that this would cure her. Jesus immediately recognized what had happened. And he asked, who touched me? The disciples didn't understand the question. Jesus, we're in a crowd. Dozens of people have brushed up against you and and touched you. How, How could you ask who touched me? But Jesus knew what had happened, that he had been purposely touched. And he asked. And the woman admitted it. Jesus commended her and told her that her faith had healed her. Meanwhile, a messenger from Jairus' house came and told him, The sad news. Don't bother Jesus anymore. It's too late. Your daughter has died. Jesus told him, don't worry. She will be healed. And when Jesus got to the house, the the wailing, the traditional Jewish crying when someone beloved had died had already started. Friends and neighbors and family members were gathering around and And Jesus told them to stop. She's not dead. She's only asleep. They laughed at Jesus, scorned him derisively, because they knew death when they saw it. Jesus took Peter and James and John and the parents, and he went to the girl, and he told her to get up. And she did. These were two incredible miracles. Two incredible stories of faith. And so I want you to think through with me what it tells us about those of us who have faith, who believe in Jesus, who have faith in Him. And I want you to think through this topic about faith, because we find it very easy to say, I believe in Jesus, I have faith in Jesus. But I want you to see some of what it means. And so first, let's talk about people of faith. I love the way Luke told the story. He could have told two separate stories. Here's Jairus and his daughter, and she was healed. Here is a woman unnamed, and, and she was healed. But Luke told their stories as interconnected to contrast them. And I want you to think about it. Jairus was a synagogue ruler. There's no real parallel in today's world But you can clearly say that Jairus was one of the biggest men in town. In today's terms, he would be a little bit of a respected leader like a mayor or a city council one, probably a leading businessman or a lawyer or a doctor, someone important, kind of a Baptist, deacon. All of these things rolled into one. He was somebody in town. The woman No name given by Luke. I think that was purposeful. Was in Jewish eyes a nobody. Her condition left her physically sick. And in Jewish culture, a bleeding disease, a woman's issue like this, left her not only spiritually sick, but ceremonially unclean. For 12 years, she'd been unable to go to synagogue. She couldn't participate in community life. She couldn't have had much of a role in her family. She was a cast out. She was an outsider. So understand by, by telling these two stories, Luke is showing us that Jesus does not find wealth, position, prestige, or intelligence as important. What is important to Jesus is faith. And you can find that both in the high and mighty and in the nobodies. Now understand, I don't believe that there is such a thing as a nobody, but the world sees people as nobodies. And this was leading man in town, unnamed woman, cast out. Both were commended because of their faith. That's what impresses Jesus. I was excited this week to see some of the awesome new pictures that came in from the new James Webb telescope. Amazing and incredible. And it was great to hear one of the leading astronomers, one of the most intelligent men in our country, talk about how these pictures of the universe deepened his belief in and faith of God. It's awesome. It causes me even more to to, to see how great and mighty and incredible that God is. And that encouraged me. I was also encouraged to talk to a young ex-con, graduate of our basketball league, asking God in faith to help him break a devastating drug habit. He just got out of the hospital because he was hit by a car while riding his bicycle while high, and he has turned his life back to God. One was a leading astronomer in the United States of America. The other, in the world's eyes, a nobody. Both are equally important to God, and both impressed Jesus because of their faith. By the way, the young man who was in the hospital, um, he's just having all kinds of challenges. And yes, it caused him to turn back to God. He got out of the hospital. He got a job. He starts tonight. And then he found out yesterday he has COVID. So that has been put on hold. And yet all of this, a nobody, an ex-con, someone who's been in trouble since I've known him for maybe 12 years, has faith in God. And that has impressed Jesus. And so I want you to see the people of faith, anybody, regardless of your status, who you are, people of faith, anybody can turn to faith in God. Now, the second thing I want you to see is to look at the act of faith. Faith, now listen to this, faith, faith, if it is real, will always lead to action. It led, Jairus, to Leave his house and his dying daughter, not knowing if he would ever see her again alive. It led Jairus to go and find Jesus and ask for his help. It led the unnamed woman to reach out and touch Jesus, knowing that through his power she could be healed and her life changed. In both cases, Their faith wasn't just a passive statement, I believe. It wasn't just an opinion. Faith, if it is real, will always lead to action. So when I ask you if you're a believer in Jesus, I'm asking you, what are you doing as a result of your faith in addition to coming to church and sitting in a pew? What action are you taking What love do you show not in your heart, but with your hands and your feet and your dollars? What prayer meetings do you attend because you believe with all of your heart that God and only God can change the trajectory of human life in the United States of America? What racial and color and faith barrier are you destroying, not with your words, but with your actions? What messed up life have you jumped into to offer the hope and help of Jesus? Who have you helped simply because Jesus said to? James said, the book of James, that faith without works is dead. Faith that doesn't lead to action isn't real. It's just an opinion. Kind of like a politician's position statement. I, I got back from, from vacation to find my uh, um, ballot in the mail ready to vote. And I went systematically through both the, the guide that had been sent out and web pages and everything else, you know, to kind of find who it was I was going to cast my vote for. And after reading about all of them, here's the good news all of the candidates claimed to be for God, country, family, values, and the Constitution. All of them. The bad news, they were all strong on opinions and short on real action. That's politics, I know. But it's a problem when it comes to the church. If we're strong on opinions and short on action, then our faith may not be real. And so we need to ask ourselves again, Are we believers in Jesus? Because belief in Jesus, if it's real, will lead to action. Now, I'm not saying that all action and no words is the Christian way. So let's also look at number three, the voice of faith. Who touched me, Jesus asked. And the disciples obviously misunderstood. If you've ever been in a huge crowd of people, um. You know, you're, you're, you're going shopping on, on uh, um, Black Friday or whatever it's called, or you go to Disneyland, or you go to some place like that, You know, and people are just crowding around you asking, who touched me is kind of a crazy question. Probably 14, 24, 34, 47 people in the last five minutes touched you. That wasn't what Jesus was asking, though that's the way the disciples interpreted it. He asked, and I believe he knew exactly who touched him and why. But he wanted her to voice her opinion and her statement of faith. And so he asked, who touched me? And immediately, with trembling and humility, she voiced her faith. Verse 47 says, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, catch that, in the presence of all the people, She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. She told her story, not privately to Jesus, not in a small group, not in a church meeting. She told her story in the presence of all the people. She was not a silent believer. Jesus wouldn't allow her to be a silent believer. Her story was public And if Jewish towns are anything like American communities, everybody knew it within a few minutes. Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what happened to her? You remember that lady? She's always on the fringe. She's always outside of town. She's never hanging around. She went up and talked to Jesus, said she believed in Jesus, and Jesus healed her. Faith, if it is real. Catch this. Faith, if it is real, doesn't just find action. It finds a voice. So when I'm asking you if you're a believer, I want you to to think through. Do people who live around you, work around you, spend time with you, do they know that you are a believer in Jesus and that he has forgiven your sin, changed your life, and that you believe he is real and alive? Because faith, if it is real, finds a voice. Now, now let me clarify what I'm asking. I am not asking you if people know your stance on abortion or gay marriage or the Second Amendment or President Biden or former President Trump. I'm not asking if they know you are an R or a D or neither. I'm not saying those things are unimportant. I'm saying we talk way too much about those things and way too little about Jesus. Because values and politics and culture won't save anyone, only Jesus can. We could win the values and culture and political battles and still see an America walk away from faith in God. And so we need to allow our faith to find a voice to proclaim loudly and clearly. Yes, we have moral issues and we have political issues and there are things that are important to us. But the number one thing I want you to hear from me is I believe in Jesus. He has forgiven my sin. He is real. He is alive. He is God's Son. And He is the only way to God. And they need to hear that from us. And we are way too good at talking about everything else. I'm not saying don't talk about anything else. I'm saying pretty much until you get to the point in which someone says, would you stop talking about Jesus? Then maybe you haven't found your voice yet. Faith, if it is real. Faith, if it is real, finds a voice. I was in uh, high school and college, and my best friend's name was Donald He was a skeptic. He was not a believer. I shared my faith with him repeatedly, constantly. And uh, we had gone and played racquetball and uh, sat down afterwards in this park and got a Coke and said, I I want to talk to you about something. And this is the first time it ever happened to me. He said, Jack, if it's about Jesus, I'm not interested. Shut up. That hadn't happened to me much. Probably hasn't happened to me enough. Here's the good news. A month later, he came to my dad's hardware store where I was working. Waited till I was done waiting on a customer. He said, Jack, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He said, it all makes sense to me now. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior last night. at a a Christian event on the campus of the University of Arizona where we were going to school. I said, how come you would listen there and you wouldn't listen to me? He said, because a pretty girl invited me to that event. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I rejoice with him. For four years, I had shared Jesus with him, prayed for him, and he is now a believer, and I've lost touch with him, don't have a clue as to where he is. But if I don't see him in this life, I will see him in the next, and I will give him a little jab in. Did you tell me not to talk about Jesus? And here you are praising him. Listen, till we get to the point where they say, okay, we know you're standing on this, and we know you're standing on this, we know you're standing on this, but please stop talking to us about Jesus. We are not there yet. Real faith, faith, if it is real, finds a voice to talk about Jesus. So, when was the last time? Because I heard a lot of amens, hallelujahs, yes. When was the last time you told an unbeliever? Not someone in your Sunday school class filled with other believers, Not someone in the pew sitting in church. When was the last time you told an unbeliever, let me tell you about Jesus? Because faith, if it is real, it's going to happen. That's the people of faith, the act of faith, the voice of faith. And uh, now my notes just went black. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Okay. The people of faith, the act of faith, the voice of faith. And uh, now I want to talk to you about the results of faith. Oops, I'll get to the purpose of faith in a minute. Now listen, because there were two results of faith here. The results of faith may be as great as physical healing or as tough as laughter and ridicule. Both happened in this story. Did you catch it? The woman with no name was healed the man with a daughter who had just died, she was brought back to life. And Jesus received scorn and laughter, and they made fun of him. I'm telling you this, if you're really living a life of faith, you need to be prepared for both. When you put your faith in Jesus and follow him, you're going to see both over the years. I often tell you that following Jesus is a great adventure. And I want you to understand the nature of adventure. In adventure, there are great days of high victory. And there are tough days when everything and everybody is against you. It's part of the joy and challenge of believing in Jesus. You're going to see victories. You're going to see great answers to prayer. And you're going to stand up for Jesus and you're going to be made fun of as a result. It's part of following Jesus. It's been that way for 2,000 years. It was that way for Jesus. It was that way for the disciples. You read a history of the church, it's been that way for the history of the church. Whenever a church has stood up for Jesus, they get praise and see answers to prayer, and they face hatred and anger and persecution. If you're a believer in Jesus, if your faith is real, then you've seen both. And if you put your faith in Jesus, you're going to see both. So I want you to be prepared. Be prepared. You will see great answers to prayer. You will see people turn against you and hate you. It's part of the deal. It's Part of the deal of following Jesus. And number five, let me say a word about the purpose of faith. We've seen this before and we're going to see it again. After many of Jesus' miracles, and he told the parents this, don't tell anyone. I mean... Honestly, parents, if that happened to you, your only well-beloved daughter had died and Jesus brought him back to life, you would tell everybody you knew. It would be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, once you figure out how to use that. It would be on every social media platform. You know, they'd know it in your neighborhood. It might even be on a billboard. But Jesus said, don't talk about that. Why? because as great as these miracles were and as much joy as they brought, physical healing wasn't Jesus' main purpose. He didn't come primarily as a doctor, as a physical healer, but as a savior to save people from their sins and to offer love and forgiveness and eternal life. So don't get so caught up in the physical, praying for physical health and finances and comfort and all those things that we legitimately pray for. Don't get so caught up in those that you neglect to pray for the spiritual, the real purpose of Jesus. The, the, the physical healings and the answers to prayer and the comfort and finances, these are blessings of the Christian life that Jesus often gives out in abundance, but they're not his primary purpose. So pray instead for the spiritual, for people to come to faith in Jesus, for souls to be saved, for baptisms every Sunday in every church in America and in the world. Pray for a return to faith by the hundreds of millions when we remember the ultimate purpose of Jesus and when we pray and we work for those things. Oh, we'll see the answers to prayer and these blessings along the way. But work and pray for the primary purpose of Jesus, that people will come to him in faith. And only when we pray and work for that Will we see a change out on the street, in America, in our culture, in our values, in our churches? Oh, Physical healing, I pray for it a lot. Finances for you and us and for the church, I pray for a lot. I'm not saying don't pray for those things. I'm just saying Jesus made a point saying this is not the real issue. Don't just tell people about your daughter who was healed. Talk about me and who I am and why I've come. Listen, I've described using these two as an example what a life of faith looks like. So do you have faith in Jesus? I'm not asking your opinion. I'm not asking your position statement. I'm asking who you are and what your life is like. Does it indicate that you're a believer in and a follower of Jesus? So, what am I asking of you today? What now? Two very specific things. Make sure you put your faith in Jesus, not just in Christian culture, not just in church you put your faith in Jesus. And you've come to that point where you can honestly say, I have no hope in anything but Jesus. I need him. And you can do that today. A life of faith begins when you recognize who Jesus is, that he is God's son, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he's real, that he's alive. That he's calling you and specifically saying, Jack, put your faith in me. I love you. I care for you. I want to forgive you. I want to help you. I want to give you a purpose in life. I want to give you eternal life. So make sure you have put your faith in Jesus. And then number two, if the answer is yes, I have. Now, if it's no, I haven't, I'm going to invite you to do that before you leave today. And you can come forward. We'll help you. or You can do it right where you are. But if you have, and the answer is yes, I'm a believer in Jesus, then I'm going to ask you to commit to it, living it with your voice, your actions, your prayers, and your lifestyle. We have way too many people in our country who have the opinion that Jesus is God's son. We have way too few people who are living as they believe it. So I don't want Jesus to be the center of your your, your, just your thoughts I don't want Jesus as the son of God to be just your opinion I don't want Jesus as the son of God just to be what you say in church because that's the thing that's expected I want to see it in your faith, your actions your voice, your life your integrity and all that you are so commit to it today Jesus, I want it to be real, not just an opinion. Hey, you bow your heads. Set aside praying for others for now. You can do that later. Pray for yourself. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand. And if you're ready to make a decision for Jesus, there'll be people here to help you. But right now, you pray for me. Do I believe in you? And is it real? Jesus, speak to me. You pray for a moment. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net, and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.